welcome back to another episode of the Employee Experience Exchange, a podcast brought to you by Benefex. Throughout the series, we'll be exploring all things organisational culture, employee experience and the future of work. I'm Grace Burton, Research Lead for Employee Experience here at Benefex, and I'm your host today and throughout the series. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Matt Grimshaw. Matt is co-founder of The Pioneers, who help organisations with management innovation, culture, storytelling and employee experience. Matt's something of an expert on employee experience design and he's here with me today to share some of that insight. is co-founder of The Pioneers. Matt, could you tell us a bit about what you do with The Pioneers and what led you to founding it? Uh, yeah, we uh, The Pioneers um, help our clients to innovate with the way they manage their people. Um, the premise, I guess, is that if your people are important to your business, um, if you want your people and your culture to be a source of competitive advantage, then how you manage your people is really important. And you're unlikely to get where you want to be as a business if, if you're managing your people in exactly the same way as your competitors. So we help organisations to experiment with different ways of working, to experiment with new management practices and to find what works for them. Um, I guess my journey started about 10 years ago. I was working in a manufacturing business uh, just coming out of the uh, back end of the, the, the financial crisis. And the question was, how can we respond to um, increased demand, so sell more? How can we innovate to start to um, look at some of the new opportunities we're coming through? Uh, and at the same time, how do you hold on to a lower cost base? Um, which fundamentally boils down to how do you get more from your people? And um, my view and the encouragement I got from my, my boss at the time was, look, go and speak to the people, go and speak to the people on the front line of the organisation because they're the ones with the answer. And, um, and that was absolutely true. And um, what, was really, what really left a really lasting impression with me was you'd go and speak to someone who worked on you know, a corrugated machine. And it was the first time in 10, 15 years that anyone had asked their opinion on, on something. And it was like releasing a pressure valve. You know, suddenly you get all these great ideas coming through from people. You get some ideas that didn't work as well, but um, uh, you get all these great ideas about how you can improve. And you also get people who are energized by the opportunity to experiment with what they think they can do better and to see whether that works. And, um, and from, yeah, that's, that's really what led to, to where we are now. I'm, I'm one of those people that thinks you've got like 60 years of useful life and then the steam in a box. Um, and you'll spend most of that time at work um, or asleep. Sure. And um, like sleep doesn't seem to be a problem. I don't think we should do anything. <laughs> Sleep's good. Um, but work could probably be a bit better. Like sure. I, I think most people got up this morning and went to a job because they needed the money. And that was the primary motivator. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it just seems a shame to spend so much of your time and effort in a context where, you know, people don't explain why they're asking you to do stuff. They're not really interested in your personal strengths or, um, what, you know, where you want to get to. Um, that, and that's, that's what we're trying to address with the pioneers. And I think what gives us encouragement is there's a lot of evidence now that I think suggests if you get that right, if you create a workplace environment that works for the individuals that, that are with you, um, you actually get better business results. And that's why, as I said, we are focused on 
how you how you discover new ways of working or new management practices that, that tick all those boxes. It's not just about making your people more engaged. You've also got to be able to demonstrate that that has a positive impact on your customer experience and a positive impact on the way the business performs. And the reason we're so determined to do that is because that that we think that gives you a sustainable solution. I think there's people who do lots of good work around one of those three buckets, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But unless you're able to tick all three at the same time, at some point you're going to have to divest. Does that make sense? Sure. If, you're imp- if you're improving how your people feel at the expense of your customer experience, you can't continue to do that forever. Mm-hmm. Equally, you can improve your customer experience or the way in which your business performs. If you're not taking your people with you, then at some point that will come back to bite you. Um, so yeah, we're really interested in trying to experiment with things that give companies a a solution that's unique to them that fits with their strategy that fits with their brand that fits with the vision of where they want to take their organisation and which they know they can sustain Sure so the name The Pioneers I believe comes from a certain type of employee Yeah so there's one simple idea at the heart of our business which is that if you apply a standard to a population of people you expect to get a distribution in the way they behave or how they perform Um, Depending on the context, there's a bit of a dry debate about whether that's a bell curve or a, uh, a power law distribution. But let's just imagine it's a normal distribution, a bell curve. Um, so you expect to find most people sit around average, like uh, you know, the, 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 the majority of your people will, will be average. Some people will significantly underperform everyone else. But you would also expect to find some people that significantly outperform the group. The people who outperform are the ones we call the pioneers. And what we're interested in is those people are operating in the same context, the same situation as everyone else, but they're getting a consistently better result. So who are they and what do they do differently and why? And we think that if if you're able to understand that, that gives you the point at which you can start to innovate in the experiment. So you say, how do we make more of that? How do we change the risk profile within our organisation so it becomes less risky for people to copy what the pioneers are doing so that people are encouraging people to do that and more risky to stick at average and that's how we shift the way in which organisations behave. It's really fascinating. So what led you to understanding employee experience uh, as key to organisational success? Um, I think broadly speaking, we, we, the people we enjoy working with and, and that get the most from us are organisations that are already in a good place, but they want to create a really special culture. They want to do, they want to have an insight and a sharpness to how they design their culture and how they manage their people that enables them to be outstanding. Um, and in that context, we tend to talk about four things that you need to bring together in order to achieve that, one of which is, is the employee experience. So um, to, to have an outstanding culture, we think you need a really strong story. You need a really clear story about the journey that your organisation's on, why you exist, like what you're here to do, what the key challenges are that you face, and where you want to get to. What's your vision that's going to inspire people to, to uh, join you and to contribute? And then within that, there's your strategy and your culture. Um, so, so having a clear story, I think, is fundamental. But that story needs to be um, reflected in the employee experience. So it's no good going to tell your people that you're an agile organisation um, if when they walk into your office, people are sat in individual cubicles or individual offices. Um, it's no good saying you need to be really dynamic if your recruitment process takes nine months or then you don't get the candidates you want. So it's about how, the, for us, our, our view on employee experience is how do you take that 
organizational narrative and how do you align it with the individual narratives of the people who are working for you so that their experience, their interactions with the organization are congruent and mm-hmm. so they match up. Um, and then just very quickly to complete the picture in terms of what we're looking at in terms of developing great culture. So there's the story, there's the employee experience. There's also have you got the leadership and management capability you need? And finally, have you got the ways of working that you need in order to, to drive that? Mm-hmm. So you talked a bit about narratives and I believe you've written about narrative personas. So what are they and how can you how can that help an organisation to design their employee experience? Um, so our starting point when we're looking at employee experience is we start by understanding the organisational story. Um, and we have a particular structure for how we capture that. And then um, if you're a sizable organisation, you've, you say you've got a thousand people, you, what you can't, what's unmanageable is if you try to design for a thousand individuals. Mm-hmm. So what we help people do is cr- construct narrative personas for key groups, if you like. So mm-hmm. archetypes of, of our employee base um, so that you've got something you can work to. It's, you've got to be pragmatic about that. And then for us, employee experience is a design principle. It's about saying we want to design our HR process, our people management processes in a user-centric way. We want to design them with the employee in mind, whereas typically, I think, um, particularly in the HR space, everything's a push model. Like, you do what's easiest for the HR department, it's a bit one-size-fits-all. The employee experience, I think, is about it's like, look, we've got to make these experiences work for the user. Um, and the organisation. So for us, it's about um, designing interactions, what we think of as moments that matter, that work for both the individual and for the organisation. The reason we think that's important is because you can do really great stuff from an employee experience point of view that makes people happy, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, ping pong tables, whatever it is. But if that doesn't work for the organisation, then at some point you have to get rid of them, you know? So you need to design those experiences, I think, in a way that helps you move your organisation story forward, not just Mm -hmm. the individual story as well. That makes sense. So we've got the concept of peak experiences, I believe. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, so... um, uh, if I'm an, as an individual employee, like I have thousands of interactions with my employer, like mm-hmm. from silly things like every day I turn up to work and park my car or walk into the office or turn my computer on, all those sorts of things. Um, realistically, you can't design and manage all of those mm-hmm. interactions. So we're interested in understanding what are the interactions that really, what are the moments that matter? Because... Um, what we don't do as, as humans is um, understand our experiences, if you like, as a continual line. We, sure. we have a bias towards um, recognising and being influenced by particular things within that experience. So, for instance, we, we, we are, our opinion of something is influenced by, if you like, the peaks and troughs of that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the things that um, surprised us. That, that's one thing that tends to stand out. Also, um, we tend to notice milestones and transitions. So, um, birthdays, right? Birthdays are special to us because they're a milestone. They're like, a, or anniversaries, whatever it is. That, that becomes a moment of significance because of it's just a milestone. Or a transition, like when you start a new job or you start a new relationship or whatever. I mean, when you're changing, that has a particular bearing on how you feel about it. And the last thing that we look at as well is how things end. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it might not be podcast material. There's a really interesting experiment about colonoscopies. Okay, so well, it's podcast material now. Let's go for it. <laughs> so, um, uh, uh, my understanding is a colonoscopy is a relatively uncomfortable experience, right? And they have uh, the experiment was uh, you had two groups. Uh, group A had the colonoscopy, and they were asked to record at regular intervals how painful that was out of like on a scale of one to ten. Right? Sure. And then Group B. Um, came in to do their colonoscopy and it was administered in exactly the same way recording the pain on a scale of mm-hmm. 1 to 10 but the pain deliberately continued the colonoscopy for a longer period of time but with less pain right okay so if you imagine the the two groups plotting a graph of the pain they experienced group A and B were exactly the same up to the peak pain right, right. the peak pain like 9 out of 10 this is really mm-hmm. uncomfortable group A the process finished shortly after that. Mm-hmm. Whereas group B, they continued, but on like a slow decline of the pain. Okay. So um, objectively, group B experienced more pain. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? The area under the graph is the total amount of pain you've experienced. Sure. And group B experienced more pain, largely because the process went on for longer. Sure. When they asked each of the groups how likely they were to repeat the experience, Group A were much sorry. Group B were much more likely to repeat the, the experience than Group A, and the reason is, is because the theory is that when we look back on our experiences, what we do is essentially average out the peak and how it ended. Mm-hmm. What we don't do is take a objective view of the whole experience. So, if you like, a movie that has a couple of great scenes and a really strong ending mm-hmm. will tend to score much more favourably than one that's more consistently interesting all the okay. way through but doesn't have like really exciting moments and where the ending's disappointing. Sure. Um, and because part of what you're trying to do with employee experience, I think, is influence how people understand their relationship with the organisation. You need to be aware of particular cognitive biases that make particular moments more important than others. And it's those moments you want to be able to identify within the employee's journey, and those are the ones where you want to focus your attention on how do we design this in a way that, that, that achieves what we want to achieve. Sure. I'm going to be really wary now if I ever get told I'm in Group B for an experiment. <laughs> I'm just going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> so do those moments look the same for most organisations? Are they, are they the sort of emotional, personal things like your first day or perhaps your exit or a promotion or a pay review, that sort of thing? Or are they different for different employer profiles? I think most organisations start... If you, I think employee experience is something that you are looking to develop over a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. So you're looking to, I think it's best approach in an agile way where you're looking to make iterative improvements and looking to do that in a way that's evidence-based. So based on that, like how the feedback from employees and how it impacted the process and all those sorts of things. Um, in that context, I think most organisations start with relatively similar concerns. Mm-hmm. How do we improve our recruitment process? Onboarding or induction, how do we get that right? How do we do performance management? You know, a big trend at the moment about separating how you review someone's performance from how you help them develop as an individual. And so, so there are lots of consistent themes in terms of the priorities about where you start from. I think as you get further into that journey, what becomes more interesting is when you're looking at particular experiences that you feel are pertain to what's important to your organisation but maybe different to others mm-hmm. so um, uh, there's you know, reason why if you um, uh, 
if you create an environment where people have fun, that makes them more creative, right? So the ping pong tables type stuff might be important to one business. It might be useful to them. It might foster creativity in that environment. Actually, it would detract from performance in another organization. Sure. Um, we've just been having a conversation about sleep. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think as you get further into um, the employee experience piece, it's those sorts of needs that are driven more by the employee than the organization. I think people's motivation often to get into an employee experience space is we would like to make our HR processes more user-centric. Mm-hmm. The more you go into that journey, I think it, the focus tips to, we want to really understand our employee base and how we can help them flourish at work. So people who are doing things with wearables, like monitoring um, sleep patterns or, or, or hormone levels, um, and are able to use that data to change the work environment instantaneously so there are for instance organizations where safety is important to them mm-hmm. they'll monitor the um, uh, stress hormone uh, sleep levels those sorts of things of their employees and they'll pull them off the operation if they drop below certain parameters because they know it's neither in the interest of the, the the employee to continue working nor is it in the interest of the organization that's that's i think where people will be heading over time okay interesting so are there, I don't know, I'm sort of reticent to use the word hack, but are there like little moments of that journey that if you're starting out with thinking, All right, I've got this new portfolio, I need to, to bring in some shifts to the employee experience, we want to make some improvements, are there those quick fixes or do you need to go back to that level of personas and stories and, and then take those steps? I think um, I would start with um, understanding the story of the organization. So what's important to the organization? Create those narrative personas. So like we might have five, 10, 12 different types of people within our organization who are on different types of journey. Um, And then journey map. So Mm -hmm. understand from the perspective of the employee what the process currently looks like. Um, Then you want to look at the data. And this is where I think it's really important that organizations are focused on what's the insight we've got into both how the process actually works, like how efficient it is, and also how it's perceived by the people going through it. And I would be data-led. I mean, if you, if you, you, know, if you notice in your recruitment process that the drop-off of candidates is at a particular milestone in the mm-hmm. process, that's, that's where you should start your inquiry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you want to take an experimental approach. You want to tinker with things. You want either A-B test things or test um, uh, things against a random control group so that you can build the evidence for what works for you. I personally feel that the organisations that are going to do really interesting stuff around employee experience are the ones who are determined to create something that feels different and unique to them. People who are motivated because it's a bit of a trend and a fad at the mm-hmm. moment or because they they want, like often you hear about, you get invited into a conversation where people say, we want to be a bit more like Google. Sure. Yeah, the yeah. Me Too type um, uh, copying thing, mm-hmm. I don't think gets you to an interesting place in the employee experience and it, it exposes you to the risk of putting in things that have been demonstrated to work in other environments but which actually don't work for you. Sure. So you have to, I guess if you don't have that sense of identity to start with, you're probably not going to do much that sticks. I think if you're going to invest in employee experience, you need to be confident that it's actually going to move your business towards where you want to be. Mm -hmm. And the clearer you are about where you want to be, the more considered you can be about where you want choose to invest in improving your employee experience and where it's not important to you. 
Um, that's, that's where I think you get the benefit. Um, I think if you view employee experience as a best practice type mm-hmm. thing, you know, like we're just looking to copy what we've seen work other places, um, I, I think you see a benefit because you'll see a benefit to processes which are designed with users in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think you're going to create, I don't think it's going to contribute to you creating a special culture. Sure. And I guess that culture, if you if you get that going in a really healthy way, is is what helps you. Because like you say, you can't design every interaction that, that your employees have, but you can you have some control over the people in your organisation, right? Yeah. So if you accept that all employees are influencing everyone's employee experience, if those guys are, are the right people with the right mindset, you've kind of you've won half the battle, right? Yeah. yeah. If you trust your, your people to, to work well with each other. That's going to help. Yeah, and I think it's, um, I think employee experience is important, but I don't think it's a silver bullet. Like, if you're looking to change the culture of your organisation, as I said, I think it's just one component. (laughs) And employee experience for me is a useful approach to particular situations. Like, if, if, improving your HR process is going to have a commercial benefit to you, then yeah, you want to be interested in employee experience. But if, when you look at your organisation, the reason that the the big commercial hurdles for you is actually around um, customer experience, or it's actually Mm -hmm. around the underlying inefficiency in your your operating um, uh, model, then you could do a great job at employee experience. It's not going to move your business forward. Sure. Um, You know, because does that make sense? And then I think... um, yeah, it's a design principle for looking at how you craft a journey for an employee um, that has an influence on how that employee behaves. Mm-hmm. It has an influence on how that employee feels about your organisation, but it's not the only influence on how they behave and it's not the only influence on how they feel about your organisation. Mm-hmm. Okay, one last question. Um, you have identified three categories of employee need, which are absolutely fascinating. I don't suppose you could elaborate. So when we, um, when you've identified the moment that matters within the employee experience, um, we think, as I said, that's got to work for both the employee and the organisation. And for, from the employee's perspective, they have a functional need. So mm-hmm. you need to get paid, right? <laughs> Money needs to get into your bank account. Um, but you also have what we think of as an engagement need. So that for us, we think employee engagement is about how you construe or interpret your relationship with the organisation. Um, and you you have a you can create an employee experience that encourages employees to have a positive view of the organisation. And finally, employees have a life. Mm-hmm. You know, they, it's got to fit in with what's going on outside of work and what they want to achieve in their life, how they see themselves, what they want to be working on, and those sorts of things. Um, the sort of mirror image of that, if you like, from the organisation perspective, the organisation also has a functional need. You know, mm-hmm. like um, when you turn up as a new employee, the organisation needs you to be up and running relatively quickly. Like you need a computer, all those sorts yeah. of things. Um, but the organisation also ought to have a perspective of what's our cultural need? Mm-hmm. Like what if this moment that matters within our employee experience, is it helping us to promote the culture we want or not? Mm-hmm. And they've got a strategic need. Is it promoting... Uh, you know what we're trying to achieve in terms of our brand on our, our, our customer experience and ultimately how our business is performing do you see a hierarchy between those or do they all are they symbiotic um i don't think there's a hierarchy that applies across all organizations in all situations mm-hmm. so um we tend to, we think of um 
seven intrinsic motivational factors that people have when they're at work. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are not equally important to all employees in all organisations at all times. So it's just a silly examples, right? Um, you might think that, and it's a reasonable hypothesis, people people have a general preference to be happy at work, right? Mm-hmm. A preference for positive emotions, we talk sure. about, right? Now, that might be really important in a experience-led service business, mm-hmm. yeah? So if you, your employees at a theme park are continually miserable, that probably has quite a bearing on your customer experience and your business performance. Sure. On the other hand, one of the other things that we think motivates people at work is that people want to work, they want a sense of meaning. They want to work for something that's, that's bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were with a, an aid agency, right, actually probably meaning and that dial is way more important than positive emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're probably expecting and w- willing to, um, w- a con- uh, to work through some quite difficult negative emotions about, you know, if you're, um, if you're an aid worker, so long as that need for meaning's there. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when we're looking at employee experience, the, the, the thing that I think is really important is you've got to look at it in the context of a particular organisation and the context of, for us, a particular persona. Mm-hmm. And don't start with the assumption that the function that leads are always the most important. Mm-hmm. Yes, in different contexts, people put different weight on on different things um, and I think as I say I, 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 a bit of a theme in our conversation is you've got to have the confidence and clarity to try and create an employee experience that works for you and your people rather than just trying to buy into a like a fad really sure. like it, it's a big thing at the moment I think employee experience um, and for good reason mm-hmm. but it's, I don't think it's best approach from a position of let's just copy what other people are doing sure. or there's a one size fits all answer to either how you deliver this or how you approach it that we just need to buy into sure. well thank you very much Matt for your time today that brings us to the end so it just leaves me to say thank you and thank, thank you. you to everyone who's listening Thanks again to Matt and to you for listening. We'll be with you again soon for another episode and we'd love to hear from you with any comments or suggestions for guests you might want us to have on. You can reach us on hello at hellobenefex.com or send us a tweet. We're at hellobenefex. Until next time, thanks for listening.